Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Wow, Matt, fellow adventurers. We are once more in the Copper Hill Lodge, and the adventure we are going to do now is Waylayers. While conversing with Druid, one of the lodges overlo- ever-lurking denizens, you find you find yourself presented. You once more find yourself presented with the prospect of adventure. Well, then, let's do it then. And so begins Waylayers. While conversing with Druid, a grizzled swordsman, and one of the ever-lurking denizens. Lodge's main hall, you learn he knows of someone who is desperate to acquire your help with a rather delicate matter. Through not generally known to be overly friendly, the usually quiet adventurer seems to have taken a liking to you, and also seeks you out whenever you return to the lodge. Seems it might be something of a rescue, he says. The man who asked you wouldn't tell me anything else. But I've been around long enough. Long enough to know to know what's what. I don't know how he found the lodge. But he's outside tending his horse. If you've any interest, a large fellow mind. He's got an axe at his side. If that means anything to you. Intrigued by what you've just been told, you thank Druid and promptly make your way out of the hall. There. Just to the left of the lodge's imposing oaken doors is the shape of an ancient maple. You spot the man described to you by Druid. Upon upon first glance, you find yourself hard-pressed to fathom while the young, tall, broad-shouldered man dozing at the base of the maple, his large hands folded behind his head, would need to seek out your help. Reported as reported by Druid, an axe hands on the white side of his thick hide belt. A grey mare, ornate tack, lending a sense of splendour to an already regal beast, stands freely on the opposite side of the tree, her tail gently swishing to scatter a goose, bothersome gathering of small black flies. As you approach the man, his eyes suddenly fly open. He leaps to his feet, a broad smile taking form amidst the creases that line his weathered face. He nervously staggers something as he steps towards you, before stopping and clearing his throat. He then greets you respectfully and quickly dips into a bow. My mind is already relieved, he says, returning to his full, somewhat imposing height. Please note that it wasn't easy for me to come here. To ask you what I'm going to ask you. But it had to be done. You must help me, Sir Crokington. Please. The young man, who promptly introduces himself as Lauermere, swiftly launches into a long and detailed account of the events that brought him to seek you out. You listen with growing interest as he describes to you a bandit attack along one of the more deeply travelled roads western edge dragon mare deep he seems to be on the verge of tears as he recounts the brazen ambush on the coach that left the driver and three of his fellow passengers dead then with a wavering voice he tells you his friend and companion Tylock was captured with the brigands poor dear Tylock he says now visibly trembling we've been on many adventures together I dare say he's the real adventure. Without him, I'm just not the same. Quite difficult to explain. But Tarlock has enough courage for both of us. In fact, he has all the courage between us. I'm not ashamed to say it. Lauar explains that he and Tarlock were returning for an adventure in the northeast corner of the kingdom. When the coach on which they were passengers was set upon by bandits. He tells you that at first, with Tarlock at his side, he bravely defended the wagon, nearly driving off the seven wobbers who seemed to take no interest in giving quarter to the victims of their attack. 
Then, just like that, he was gone, says Zaramir. Tarlock fell to the ground. And I watched as one of the raylayers pick him up and carry him off. There's nothing I could do. Wait, pick him up? Is he also tiny? There's nothing I could do. Without him, fear overtook me. And I, I could do nothing else. I fled. He was alive, of course. I could have saved him. But I couldn't. I just couldn't. Lamar continues his account. Tells you that when he summoned enough courage to return to the wagon, just a few minutes after having witnessed Tarlark's deduction, the bandits were gone. The driver and the three other passengers that shared the coach were dead. He exhales sharply, then draws a long, ragged breath. I know where the bandits can be found, he says, his voice again trembling. I paid dearly for that little bit of information, but I would have given anything for it. You must help me, Sir Crookington. I will beg for your help if it proves necessary. You must fetch back Tylock from his captures. I do not even consider what foul treatment he may be receiving at their hands. You ask Lila what leads him to believe his friendly companion is still alive. The moment you voice the query, his eyes widen, and he fixes you with a quizzical stare. Then, in a voice laden with disbelief, he issues a somewhat curt reply that changes your entire outlook on this man. Of course he's still alive! And I ask you not even think of such things. He's very much alive and well, but for how long? Well, well, that is you. If you're willing, of course, you must move quickly. Will you help me? I can offer you something in return. Not very much, mine, but something all the same. So, agree to help, decline his help, or use divination first. Well, it failed. You, ch- you channel your power of di- divination. But able to discern anything further about what Lamar has told you. Agree to help Lamar. Lamar's entire demeanor changes the instant you agree to help him. He steps forward and meets you on his shoulder cross, thanking you repeatedly. He tells you the bandits who are holding Tarlock may be attempting to glean some valuable information from him. When you inquire about the nature of this information, however, Lamar hesitates then refuses to close anything further. It's nothing you need concern yourself with, he says. But it must remain secret. Please, Sir Crokington, we must get started. As you listen to a full and detailed account of the bandit attack that resulted in Tarlock's capture, you learn that the brigand's camp is situated in amongst a region of craggy hills, not far to the west and north of Copper Hill Lodge. When you, le- when you begin to learn that Laramar seems intent on accompanying on your mission to rescue his friendly companion, quickly telling, you quickly dispel the notion, quickly telling the task would be better served you remain behind. He, he somewhat begrudgingly accepts your word on the matter and agrees to wait here, suddenly realising you don't yet know what Tyler looks like. Though you expect you'll have little difficulty difficulty dipping out from amongst his captures, you ask Lyramar to provide you with a description. Clad in red, always, he says. He's not very tall, mind, but I think you'll know him when you see him. You must let him know that I've that I've sent you. He's distrustful of others for the most part. He's most likely to be even more so now, after all this. After reassuring Lamar that you will do your best to find and liberate Hylock from his captures, and making the self-complained adventurer promise to wait here till your return, you set off on your way, bound for the craggy region several miles north and west of the lodge, where in hope you locate the bandit encampment. You follow a long, overgrown path north from the lodge, and then if and after nearly two miles emerged from the edge of the forest along a broad, well-travelled road winding its way north and east on the meandering edge of the Great Mire. After moving along 
the woe for less than a quarter of an hour, you head west through the grassy expanse that divides two tangled swaths of old forest. For nearly, a quarter, for nearly an hour, you continue heading north and west, until at last you enter a region where the woodlands thin out, and clustered hardwoods and firs are replaced by towering tors and stony hillocks. You realise immediately you're moving into the area which Laramar believes that the bandits have, who captured Tarlark are encamped. Proceeding cautiously along the smoking trail that winds its way north and west to the very heart of the quaggy hills, you suddenly smell smoke. After quickly surveying the immediate area, you spot a thin column of white smoke rising out from the hills to the west. Let's go look at this smoke. You follow the smoke to its source, and are surprised to discover of a one shackle huck stand, standing through, only barely standing, the base of a steep, boulder-strewn slope. A few tindly, spindly trees surround the crude dwelling. A thin trail of white smoke rises out of the jagged opening in one corner of the dilapidated roof, and a heap of splint wood stands next to the taunt weathered deerskin curtain that serves as the shack's door. So you can't see anyone in and about, about the hut. All signs seem to indicate this occupation. Let's investigate. As you... As you approach the hut, the deerskin is suddenly pulled aside. A tall, lanky, grey-haired man. His unkempt beard nearly reaching his wrist steps out of the hovel and greets you with a wave. Behind him, sloughing towards the doorway, is a white-bearded man, who appears somewhat older than the old... somewhat older than the man already standing outside. Not lost out, out this way, I suppose, says the grey-bearded man, spelling. I grill off, and this is my brother, Pitha. So, are you lost? It's not safe to be wandering this way. Not unless you know where you're heading. You converse at length with the two brothers and learn they have long eked out a living, hunting and skinning games in the wilds of Telsa. Trigliff invites you to join them for some venison stew they've been preparing. You won't find food like ours for a long way out, he says. Come on in and fill yourself up with some of it. There's a bit of bear in it as well, so I can accept... Or politely decline, or use divination to check this isn't poison. You send four XP to divination. You send that both men are slightly aware of your destination. Fair enough. For they're not discerned that either of them bear you any ill will. You feel that offer hospitality is genuine. Let's accept the invitation. For years following your chance meeting with the brothers, you're always glad that you accepted their invitation. Not only does the stew prove to be delicious and fortifying, brothers themselves turn out to be hospitable and interesting hosts. You learn that Grelef and Prithia have long hunted and traded furs and pelts across the wide fringes of the kingdom. For the last several years, however, they've settled down here in these remote hills. Grelef reveals to you that the choice to end would have been a lifetime of roving the wilderness was made out of necessity by brothers not able to get around as as well as used to, he says, glancing at Prithor, who seems to seek pardon for the omission. We both still hunt, mind. We have to. There isn't much choice in that. Luckily, these hills are full of game, for I'm sad to say it. They've become a bit more dangerous and late. We'll inquire about what they mean by dangerous. The brothers exchange nervous glances. Before, after strong the last of his stew, chooses a band of brigands of recently are set up camp further into the hills. They're not bothers any, he says. We're thankful enough for that. But they do make trouble for those moving along the roads near here. The paths that lead to the heart of these hills are all guarded now. I suppose it's to keep folk away, folk away from their camp. My brother and I stay in the outer hills now. We don't look for trouble. 
We certainly don't need any. You speak. Speak at length with the two brothers. Explain to them the details of your mission. To rescue, to locate and rescue the prisoner. Being held by the bandits. The two men. Two men seem immediately impressed by our courage. And quick to tell you. They may be able to show you a way to reach the bandits camp undetected. So long way around. That much is certain says Grillaf. We'll bring you close to where they've set up. Not in a way that would be easy for them to spot your approach. We could show you. After enjoying a mug of paleo, some of the best you ever tasted, you carefully considered the brother's interesting offer. Now, presumably, the less time I spend fighting them, the less likely they are, they are to just go, Wait a minute, we have a hostage! So, gotta do it quickly. Ask them to show you the path they've mentioned. Gwyneth and Piffor seem elated when you take them up on their offer, and ask them to show you the secret path that will take you close to the bandit encampment. They quickly gather up their gear, which includes ropes, packs, axes, daggers, and Gwyneth's hunting bow. Then the three of you set out from their small hut, heading west and north into the hills. Less than a quarter of a mile from their hovel, the brothers turn sharply west, leading you along a narrow, twisting track that hugs the outer edges of several towering quags. You discern that the overgrown path, which at times seems to disappear altogether, isn't travelled very frequently. Only a few moments after arriving at that conclusion, you find the unspoken notion affirmed by Puthar. We don't know who originally used this path, but it's not travelled too often, he says now. If you stick to this track, you haven't far to go now. You'll come in above that camp. If your diary is to sneak up on them, this is the best way I can think to do it. Realising the brothers have no intention of going any further, fair enough. You thank them for showing you the way and bid them farewell. Then, after watching them make their way back along the trail, you turn and set off on the remainder of the trek, eager to reach, reach the camp and discover the fate of Tylock. Continuing to follow the trail, you swiftly move deeper into the hills. After only a few minutes, you become aware of the smell of wood and smoke. Scouring the sky ahead, you make out thin, thin trail of grey smoke rising above the pair of, ho- pair of low hillocks. Is this the bandit camp? Probably. Realising that you must be approaching the bandit camp, you step off the trail and begin to skeel through the tangled undergrowth, moving closer to the source of smoke with each, with each cautious step. Crouching atop an, out, an outcropping of rock that extends from the flank of a steep tor, you stare down at the crude encampment, consisting of three high tents and a smouldering cooking fire. Seven men, presumably bandits, are milling about the camp. Two are tending over the fire, over which hangs a heavy iron pot, while two others while two others are toiling, repairing several pieces of level armour. Two more are resting, leaving the remaining man as a lone lookout. We appears to take no interest in his station. Alright. Looks like it's going to be pretty easy to sneak in here. As your eyes scour the camp, you begin to feel slightly dismayed. Though you can't currently see into the tents on your vantage, you have yet to sight, catch sight of anyone that might be Tylock. Presumably they've put him in the tent. Presumed atop the outcrop, you continue to watch the bandits as they mill about the encampment. Suddenly, your attention is drawn to one of the tents near the edge of the camp. A man clad in mage's robe steps out of the tent, begins speaking with one of the men toiling to repair a piece of leather armour. Observing the robed man's mannerisms, as well as the relative deference with which he is treated by the others, you immediately discern that he, you must have just discovered the leader of this band of brigands. Suddenly... The road man's head snaps in your direction, almost as if he sensed your presence. 
He quickly raises the alarm, alerting all seven of his cohorts to the stranger. To the stranger lurking on the edge of their camp. As you hurriedly contemplate the next course of action, the seven bandits, heeding the shouted lord, lord orders of their rogue leader, wash at you with their weapons drawn. I've got a lot of options now. I could just hold my ground and face my attack. Presumably I'll fight them one at a time. Because there's plenty of crags to hide in, hide between, so they can't surround me. I could use archery, elementalism, illusion, gating, conjuration or telekinesis. Kind of want to give telekinesis conjuration a go. Just to see what happens. Succeeded. You channel your power of conjuration. And watch as the trunk of a small tree suddenly appears in front of the advancing bandits. The men struggle to maintain their footing. As they stip, trip and stumble over the unexpected obstacle. With the bandits, bandits momentarily in disarray, you rush forward and attack. It's seven bandits. They mercilessly assail you. Your enemy did a savage blow for Eddie, but seven damage, nine damage. They keep assailing you, I keep stabbing them. They are all slain, all at once. 21 XP. The lifeless bodies of the slain bandits lie strewn across the ground before you. The mage, his eyes wide with fear, steps away from the tent next to which... To which he stands, begins moving towards the lone horse, standing on the far side of the camp. I've, no, no, quarrel with you, friend. Friend, he says, backing away into action horse. Please, we can let this end here. Um, your bandits have killed people, so no. Because I could only assume that if I let you flee, you'll probably. You'll probably find another team of bandits and get them to kill more people. And you're way too far away from anywhere for me to just, you know, arrest you. Sensing the cowardly man is terrified of you, you shrewdly press your current advantage and demand to know what has become of Tarlock. Bold question, accompanied by several steps in the... Several hops taken into the encampment seems to catch the maid off guard. He then he then hesitates for a moment and staggers with something. You can't fight it. When you hear, when you repeat your question, he again hesitates before replying in a quaver voice. Does this also change your opinion of his craven nature? Look, of course he's scared. I've killed seven of his dudes in about twelve seconds. His answer, however, elicits a sinking feeling in the pit, pit of his stomach. Who? I don't know any Tarlock. There's no one else here. Please, let me go. I won't ever return. Both angered and bewildered by his response, you stride ahead, hoping your brazen advance would be enough to make the outlaw confess to you all he knows. Instead, you draw to within a few yards of the camp. He raises his left hand and levels at you as he continues to back away towards the hunts. Come no closer, he cries, his hand waving so I don't want any car but come no closer You sense his threat is no idle one still. You remain determined to discover the fate has befallen Law and his friendly companion. Let us go our separate ways. Stammers the maid. I'll take nothing but the horse, please. Don't let it come to this. I can allow him to depart or attack him. What does divination say? Succeed. 816 XP. XP to the mage. Despite an unscrupulous career with an assortment of unsavage savoury delight, he's being honest when he said, since he does not know anything about Tyrolock. You, you sense he truly wishes to depart peacefully, yes. But will he be peaceful afterwards? Probably not. Because he doesn't really have any skill sets but being a bandit leader. I'm going to attack him. 
You bound forward, determined to take down the bandit leader, the cowardly mage. Staggers to his right and thrusts his left hand towards you, unleashing a deadly blast of fire that streaks straight towards you. Can dodge or fortification? Fortification. Succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. You channel your power fortification with less than a second to spare. A sparkling wall of red energy takes form between you and the hurtling blast of fire. A bolt of flame slams into your magical barrier and explodes, showing you with a wane of spark and glowing embers. As your sewing shield begins to dissipate, you rush forward and attack your magic-wielding foe. Fighting the bandit leader begin combat. The only option is killing, so that will be what it is. The bandit leader slashes you with his short sword. Savage blow for 9 damage. Another savage blow for 9 damage, but now slain. 13 XP. The bandit leader slumps to the ground at your feet and expires. You step back from his bloody corpse and promptly survey your surroundings. Making certain there are no other bandits lurking around. At last, certain you are alone here. You quickly search the mage's body. Discover some gold and several items of interest. 173 gold. Short sword, exceptional. Dagger superior. Leather boots well crafted. After having completed your search, you begin a thorough investigation of the now deserted camp. Move in and about the small collection of hide shelters that make up the camp, searching for any sign of Tylock. Much to your profound dismay, the encampment, save for various odds and ends, no doubt some of which are the spoils of the brigand's recent conquest, is completely empty. Your search turns up the following. Alright, some common weapons. And some stuff to loot. Ooh. Well crafted plate boots. Also for a pretty penny. Or maybe an ugly penny. I really don't care what the pennies look like. And lots and lots of loot. Oh no. I'm overburdened. Right, what can I drop? Let's see. Must be something I can get rid of. This sturdy wave here. This sturdy cudgel. I just got to make a bit more room. A common leather helm. One more thing to stir. One more thing to dump. Something. Common padded greaves. That'll do. There. Okay, I've looted everything. And 194 gold tokens. I'm set. You'll have to return to Lama and tell him. And his friend and companion is nowhere to be found. You check over the equipment and make one last look around before preparing to make your way out of the encampment. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Suddenly. Help me. Help me. Don't leave me here. The voice, muffled and distinct, calls out from somewhere within the tent, formerly occupied by the bandit leader. With your pulse racing... You rush into the crude interior shelter, your eyes scouring its brown interior for any sign of the source of the frantic shout. Over here, see, right here, the last cry, shrill and desperate, 
directs your attention to a worn leather sack resting on the ground next to the broken wooden box. You previously assumed the sack was empty. With your every sense on edge, and your mind wheeling at the seeming absurdity of the unfolding scenario, you cautiously move open and open the sack. You open the sack and pull out, spit out its contents. Small, rounded stopper vial rolls out on the ground and comes to rest by your left foot. To making certain the sack is now empty, you toss it outside and soup down to examine the curious bottle. The thick, red liquid that appears to be incessantly sloshing about fills the vial. You're about to pick up the bottle and the voice you've heard only a moment ago. No longer muffled, again rings out this time. There is no doubt. The vial is the source of the voice. Nice going. You almost destroyed me. My skin's thick enough, but I'm not indestructible. You're as bad as those waylayers. Alright. That's probably not fair. But you're almost as bad. Hurry up. Get me out of here. Wait, what's that? They're gone? Splendid. An end to the waylayers. Bewildered by this strange turn of events, you reach down and take possession of the vial. With the bottom of your hand, you inexplicably feel stronger and bolder. Strange and not altogether pleasant sensation. Your limbs begin to tingle as a wash of exhilaration washes through your body. The vial snickers softly. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Well, Lemor delighted Laminor. You're not here on his behalf, are you? You are, aren't you? Oh, how very predictable. It figures. Figures you'll have to send someone after me. Couldn't possibly come, come himself without me. He's nothing. Nothing! Bewildered. Bewildered and confusion suddenly go... Give way to the realisation. The bottle of red liquid clutched into your hand is Tylock. You think to back to what Dala told you, and you can't recall that he ever explicitly told you that Tylock was human. Ah, a fellow non-human. Tylock is one encumbrance. This small, rounded vial, filled with red liquid, that seems to be forever swiffing and swashing about his Tylock. Tylock, as you come to know, as either a a sentient entity has taken up residence in this old potion. Old potion, or is the potion itself? You're still not certain which. You discovered Tylock in the abandoned encampment near the Copper Hilt Lodge. That, the Copper Hilt Lodge. That's why, that's why. So you figured it out, he says. So, says the potion. So if I can just wedge your thoughts. I'm Tylock, well... At least that's the name I told that fool Laramar. It's a good name, though. I suppose you'd have to let me take it, too. Tingling your limbs and begin to subside. A few fleeting moments, you find yourself so almost frightened by the sudden ebb. Tarlock again snickers. When he next speaks, his voice seems deeper. Perhaps even the slightest bit sinister. Just wait a minute, he says. Having had another thought about things, I'd rather stay with you. Comes to that, I'd have rather stayed with those brigands too. Had they not been such an utterly uncivil lot. You'll do much lighter, nicer than that fool, Laramie. Oh, what a wretched fool he is. What a coward too. I simply cannot suffer him any longer. When you tell Darlock, and yes, it still feels quite strange to be speaking to a bottle of wet liquid. That you're determined to keep your word and return him to Laramar, Shrieks begins pleading with you. No, 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 he cries. Be my demise. I, I won't suffer him any longer. Just, just get me with you. Won't be a bother, I swear it. Won't even talk. Well, not a lot anyway. Please, bang you. Believe me, it kills me to have to beg. What does divination say? I can agree or refuse, but what does divination say? It's 4xp to divination. You channel your power of divination and attempt to determine more about the strange red liquid in the bottle. Are you since... 
since there was something inherently deceptive about the sloshing substance, and able to determine whether or not it's evil in nature. Seems the liquid known as Tarlac will for now remain a mystery. Alright. On the previous one through, I'm I'm pretty sure I refused, so I'm going to agree this time. You agree to Tyler's request. He exhales sharply and tells you he hasn't felt such a sense of relief in quite some time. To be free of that ridiculous oath is a feeling I can't quite explain, he says. Thank you, Sir Crokerton. I won't forget this now. I suppose I'll have to go and tell him. You couldn't, you'll have to go tell him you couldn't find me. Although I was destroyed or something. Just hide me away and everything will be fine. You trek back to the Copper Hilt log proves uneventful, and upon your arrival, you're met by Lauramir. Imposing young man, his voice wavering and his hand shaking, quickly approaches you outside the guild hall. There, in the shade of the maple beneath which you first met him, he somewhat frantically inquires about the fate of Trilock. With the young man's intense gaze focused on you, you give careful consideration to your response. As you ponder what you're going to say, you clearly recall telling Tarlock you would not return him to Lauramar. Alright, what could I find? Do I could give him, but that would involve breaking a promise. I could tell him I couldn't find Tarlock, which is a lie. Tell him the band destroyed Tarlock, he'll be distraught, so not going to do that. Tell them the bandits escaped with Tarlock. When you tell Lymore that despite your Bethes, it's the bandits, bandits managed to escape with Tarlock, his face becomes his face becomes ashen and he sinks to his knees at the base of the maple. There. There is nothing left. He says his eyes filling with his There's nothing left for me. Not here, not anywhere. What am I to do? Decide to keep t- give Tarlock packs and reveal nothing and keep Tarlock. Doing your best to ignore Lanamar's genuine anguish over the loss of Tarlock, you say nothing as we turn to his feet and leans up against the tree. Yeah. His right hand covering his face. Now there's nothing anywhere for me, he says, lowering his head, stepping away from the tree. Nothing I can do. No place I can go. Laramar, visibly distraught over the loss of his longtime companion, managed to move over to his waiting horse and haul himself up to the saddle. He leans down and rests his head against the thick neck of his powerful steed and closes his eyes. He's about to try to offer him some words of comfort when his eyes slowly open and fixes you a strange, unnerving stare. Maybe I'll find him on my own. Or, he says, as a look of fear splashes across his face. Or maybe I'll find out what really happened to him. No, forget what I said. Wrong to say it. Or even to think of it. There's nothing else you could have done, thank you. Without another word, the young man wides off. Heading west along a winding trail that leads to one of the region's more well-travelled roads. When Lattie's out of sight, you turn and make your way back to the lodge. Eager to put the day's events out of mind and rest your weary bones, you settle down, table close to one of the hall's blazing fireplaces there, while doing your best to shut out the raucous din echoing throughout the log. Lodge, you stare into the flames and begin to contemplate your next course of action. The doors to the great hall suddenly open, sending a groaning creak through the immense room. Turn in the direction of the sound, your quick, your quick eyes quickly come to west on a pair of grey-robed men who have just stepped inside. The skulls close behind the men, and they are immediately met by Walter Baden. You watch with growing curiosity as the lodge master ushers the two men into his private, though strangely doorless, room at the far end of the door. 
Too far to overhear the nature of their seemingly earnest conversation, you turn your attention to the fire. Confident that should your services be required for anything, what bandit will, will know just where to find you. Suddenly, a soft whisper. Whisper slips into your left ear, momentarily starting from you. You suddenly realise it's Tylock. Thank you, friend. There are great things ahead for us. Great things. Tylock abruptly falls silent, leaving you once again alone with your thoughts. So that's 384 experience to general, and 32 experience to all skills and powers. Now, does Tarlock actually do anything? Let's have a look at Tarlock again. There he is. He's got an encumbrance of one. And he... Discovered Tarlock in a banting camp near Top Hope Lodge, and he begged you not to return into his previous owner, a young man named Tylock. Well, no new adventures have been unlocked. Hmm, anything new here? Don't think so. Maybe I can trade him to. Maybe I'll just trade into Timikif. Alright. Let's pull the city. Timikif shop. Show Timikif some of your items. Let's show him Tylock. Use. Nope, nope. Tylock refused. He tried to just look boring while he was looking at him. Does he? He thought he would do something. Hmm. Who knows? Does he? Does Tarlock do anything? Well, he takes up one entire encumbrance. Which is definitely something. Hmm. Uh, nah, nah. Does this lead to anything? I say I can't imagine him commenting in future adventures because that would mean you'd have to add coding for every single adventure ever. For an option that very few people will take. Okay, okay. You know what? I was hoping he would provide, do something, but... He doesn't seem to actually do anything. I'm going to quit, and I'm going to rush through it. And return to Alok. Alright, back to the Copper Hill Lodge. Alright, into the Lodge Adventures. Okay, we're just going to go through this quickly. Alright, he's asking for help. Use divination. Challenging your power of divination, you sense that while he's telling you the truth, the Lamla has not revealed the full details surrounding Tylock's abduction. There's more to this story. Yes, yes, there is, he says, his voice waving. I'll tell you all there is to know if you agree to help me. Are you sure? Agree to help. Alright. Alright. Thank you. Lama's entire demeanour changes when you agree to help me. Repeatedly steps forward, meets on a shoulder cross, thanking you repeatedly. Tells you the bandits who are holding Tartlock may be attempting to glean some valuable information from him. Whether you cry about the nature of his empire, however, hesitates and refuses to tell anything of There's nothing you need to concern yourself, but it worth mistaking main started. Peace is crooked, we must get started. Alright, let's go in. Investigate the smoke. 
Let's go to the heart. Accept the stew. Oh, let's politely take our leave. To give him careful consideration to Bobber's offer, you politely decline, instead opting to make find your own way to the bandit bandit encampment. Neither Griliff or Prithar seem to have any reaction to your decision, who they warn you to proceed with caution. You like you could handle yourself well enough, says Griliff. Just take care though, that's an unsavoury lot that's holed up in those hills. And if you're going to follow the trail, take the northwest fork. That'll bring you to the camp. You thank the brothers for their hospitality and bid them farewell. They wish you luck and stand in the doorway of their hut, watching as you depart. You, you look back once and wave before heading off to pick up the trail that will take you further into the hills. You continue along your, your way along the trail, moving ever deeper into the region of huddled crags. After a while, the track you've been following gradually widens, suddenly suddenly forks to the northwest and northeast, glancing repeatedly along the trails of the split trail. You're unable to determine which would prove to be the better choice so far. We see no sign of any bandits in these dire hills. Use woodmanship first. Succeeded. Eight speeds of woodmanship. After a careful examination of the forks, you determine the trail to the northwest has been more heavily and recently travelled. We go northwest, just like they said. As you take take the northwest fork and soon find yourself moving over a snaking trail, climbs in and out of a long series of brush brush-choked gullies as it winds its way into the heart of the hilly region. While moving out of one of these tangled glutches, you certainly spot three men moving out of the undergrowth at the base of the near-high hillock. Two of the men hold crossbows, which are trained on you. The third man, his oversized head, said, catched by a tattered grey hat, holds up his left hand, signalling for you to stop. Do you boldly set through they boldly ask you your business and stand blocking the tray. You sense the trio. In all likelihood, lookouts for the bandits remain wary of you. Are you lost? asked the man in a hat, sliding his hand down to reach the hilt of his sheathed short sword. We might be able to point you someplace, but. someplace. Where are you headed? Alright, I can bluff, I can attack, or I could run away. Attempt to bluff your way past them. Bravely attempt to bluff your way past the bandit sentries. Pick your number. Bonus of 39. 19 from diplomacy, 10 from mind, 10 from luck. I've got to get 75 or more. Or they'll see through my ploy. Pick now. 125 success. 17 experience diplomacy. And a remarkable and convincing display of bravado. You manage to simultaneously intimidate, confuse, and embarrass the three men. The two men holding crossbows lower their weapons, and the man with the fat with a man in a hat folds over his arms and fixes you with puzzled looks. Well, I'll be on my, your way then. Don't tell it here, he says. I better not catch you out this way again. Be off. With that, you bid the trio. To your farewell, and once again set off along the trail, swiftly putting a safe distance between yourself and the bewildered lookouts. Alright, and here we go. Crossing next to a jagged boulder, you carefully examine the crude encampments existing of three high tents and smouldering crank fire. Everything's the same as it was before. Robed man, okay, uh, illusion this time. As the bandits rushed towards me. It succeeded. 8x speed to illusion. You call upon your power of illusion. And swiftly create the masterful looking image. Of a long jagged opening in the earth. Only yards ahead of the advancing bandits. The seven men. Bewildered by the sudden appearance of the natural barrier. Clumsily draw to a halt at the brink of the illusionary chasm. 
With the bandits momentarily focused on a new obstacle, you rush forward and attack. Alright, time to fight the bandits. Just gonna bash them quickly. Stab them quickly. 21 XP. Alright, he begs for mercy. Use divination, sure. You'll run, but I'm not gonna let him attack. Fortification against the fire. Fight him. Dooba dooba doo. Right, some loot. Sell the loot. More loot. Uh, too much loot, too much loot. Uh, so drop the cannon, the breeze. Drop the sturdy cludgel. Drop two spice clubs. All right. Okay, now let's see how far I can get. Oh, I've got everything I want. No, oh, one thing missing, Chain Grieve Superior. Alright, what can I get rid of now? Common High Gauntlets. Is that enough? Nope, one more thing, one more thing to get rid of. Common chain gauntlets. That'll do. Suddenly, it's Tylock. He's glad. I have Tylock. Divination. Alright, oh, uh, refuse Tylock's request. Your refusal clearly angers Tylock. He writes a curse and tells you you will likely regret this. Regret your decision. Bad things happen to people who aren't nice to me. Are you sure you want to give it? You don't want to give it another thought? Nope. Refuse his request. Your second refusal elicts no response from Tarlock. The red potion, continually sloshing in the confines of the ornate vessel, says nothing. Determined to return to the lodge and complete your mission, you carefully stow the bottle in amongst your other possessions, Set off on your way. Your track along the tall, widowed region proceeds without incident until, suddenly, as you are on the base of a particularly steep hillock, an almost swumbling, coupled with a series, series of tremors that surge beneath your feet, serve as your only warning of the deadly peril queening at you from above. Glancing up at the treacherous slope on your left, you stifle a horrifying grasp as you behold a massive boulder bounding straight for you. It's bigger than me! A lot bigger than me! The giant walk trungles down the hillside, crushing everything in its path. Okay, I could use fortification, elementalism, telekinesis, or I could, but they have to be level 70, so I can't. So I gotta dodge. Picking a number, bonus of 39, 20 from body, 20 from agility, 9 from body, 10 from luck. Gotta get 50 or more or be squished. Phew, not squished. 128, success. You dive to your white, narrowly dodging the bounding stone. The massive walk hurdles Pat and comes to west at the base of a trail. Trail with a resounding fuck. That shaken by having nearly been crushed to death by the rolling boulder. You spend several moments gathering your bearings and checking over your equipment. Despite 
The many dangers inherent to trekking through the region of steep stony hills, you find yourself unable to believe the incident was a random event. Your thoughts immediately turn to the haunting words of Tarlock. Bad things happen to people who aren't nice to me. As you contemplate the sinister meaning of what he said, you attempt to determine your next course of action. I could smash him, or I could do something he really doesn't want, and return him to Lyomar. So, I'm going to return him to Lyomar. Leave him intact. Good end to relieve him, B. You hurry off on your way, eager to leave the dangerous region return to the log. Okay, I'm back. Let's just give him Lavomar. Let's give Tarlock to Lavomar before he does anything else. As the young man fixes you with an incredulous look, you retrieve the potion from a mystery belongings and promptly return it to him. Lavomar, now beaming, take leak, take. Gently takes hold of Tarlock as tears of joy stream out of his face. He immediately steps forward and initiates a shoulder cross. As you meet him in the familiar gesture, a thin, sinister whisper completely disrupts your train of thoughts. It's the fiery voice of Tarlock, who remains clustered in Lyra's opposite hand. Bad things are going to happen. For a fleeting moment, Lyomar's joyous expression moats away, replaced by the horrified looks that seems to suggest he's overheard Tarlock's whisper. But in the next instant, an entirely new expression alters his countenance. One of bold, fearless indifference, oozing with self-confidence, just the slightest hint of superiority. Now all I believe is once more wax is now me, his voice noticeably more resonant. I don't quite feel the same without Tarlock, you know. Now, I would wager he feels the same way, though he's never said as much. But I do know him fairly well, after all. Lymar suddenly produces a cloth pouch which he hands to you. He's surprised to discover it contains ten adventurer tokens. Alright. Ten adventure tokens, very nice. He also presents you with a wooden chest containing a substantial amount of gold. 2,500 gold. I do hope you to put those to use, he says, as he moves to fetch his horse. Wish I could stay just a bit longer. This horse poses a great deal of interest to me, but still, there's much that needs to be done. The rogues are top of, the are top of stealth top wise, for one thing. And well, you know what ogres are like. Left to their own devices, they allow us to get up and do just get up to just about anything. Lama again thanks you and bids you farewell. Then, without another word, mounts his steed and swiftly rides off, heading west along the winding trail that leads to one of the region's more well-travelled roads. When at last he's out of sight, you turn and make your way back towards the lodge. Eager to put the event, the day's events out of mind and west your weary bones. Alright, people are meeting Ward Baden. Too far to overhear the nature of the seemingly earnest conversation. Return your attention to the fire. Confident, should your services be required for anything, Ward Baden will know just where to find you. And that's the adventure done. 385, 384 experience in general. And 32 experience to all skills and powers. And that is that. And now to save. Tylock can never be free on this character's path. Oh, well, it's well for him. And that, uh, next, well, that's everything I want to do in Copper Hill Lodge complete. So, is there anything else at Eastern Tysa while I'm here? Eastern Tysa, I could finish off with the Border Rangers compound. What about the Withering Wood? Nope, nothing in the Withering Wood. At least not yet. It's Trollneck. It's Ventures for this Trollneck, nowhere to one. Hmm, 
guess that will be next. And there's Warford, of course. Adventures for this location. There's the Green Giant. And there's the Smithy. Okay, well, next it'll probably be those two. Maybe more. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers.